After another full day of trekking across the salt, Todd and I finally see an oasis forming in the distance. If I didn't know better, I would have thought my mind was playing tricks on me again, forming a mirage in a time of most need. But Absinthia Spa and Resort is right where we expect it to be, just like Angelo had said it would be. And Todd and I, we are so ready for it, like saliva forming in the mouth in anticipation of a delicious something. And as we get closer, I'm basically regaling him with all the stories that were always tossed around the castle, what seems like years ago now. All the rumors of the healing properties of the hot springs, foot massages that don't tickle, hairstyling appointments with no time limit, and the strongest drinks and the softest pillows in all of Wormwood, to the point that by the time we're almost there, we're going off back and forth about which we're going to get into first. At some point, though, Todd and I exchange confused looks, and he says what we're both thinking. Isn't it kind of weird? There don't seem to be any people here. I thought this place was supposed to be popular. I have no answer for him. Then the idea strikes me, and I stop in my tracks. I thrust my hand out and grab Todd's shoulder, and I blurt out, Fuck Todd. Wolfram's henchmen. They must have made it here before us, and they've already cleared out the space to make us an easy mark. Denise was never here at all. Angelo's led us straight to where we let the deacon know we would be. You remember me saying those moths just wanted to be rid of me, right? It's a trap, and we didn't even see... Frida! Frida! No, that's not... I don't think... Now, Angelo is a friend. Think about it. Why, why would he have worked with you to have more control over your void powers... I loosened my grip a bit in a combination of both some relief in the logic of Todd's words and also surprise as we both look up and over to see a group of tiny elemental goblins shuffling toward us, muttering among themselves, but carrying little trays of treats and motioning for us to come with them. And as it turns out, the Mephits immediately recognized me and they're so accommodating my dear Queen Frida, you must be so tired, and offers me a glass of water. Another says, may I take your weather travel clothes? Perhaps you would prefer one of our famous patented cloud robes. They catch me looking around. Oh yes, please, madam. Don't mind the emptiness. You're a very special guest, you see, and your um, garçon is most welcome as well. Todd is absolutely aghast at this. I quickly say, please, boys, this is my good friend Todd, and you will treat him with as much respect as you do me, if not more so. Todd straightens up a bit and continues looking around as if he wasn't paying attention, and the methods shuffle ahead as we follow at a slower pace. I can tell he doesn't trust them and that muttering they keep doing just out of earshot. But after a few minutes, when we each have a drink with a tiny umbrella and mouths full of bites from an elaborate charcuterie board, he's nudging me with a smile and waggle of his eyebrows like, yo, I'm with the VIP Frida. This ain't half bad. Once we're full and satisfied, Todd stands up. Well, I've got a good feeling if there was anywhere your bat was going to find a moonstone, it'd be somewhere around here. Wait, Todd, what? Already? We just got here. Don't you want to try the hot spring? Oh no, no hot springs for me. I am not getting great vibes about this place. And it's all about the vibes. But, okay, you got me. I've got to take a look around the place before I can settle in for the night. But of course, my top priority is that moonstone you've been hankering for. Todd, if you were ever actually looking for a moonstone, I would be wearing a string of them right now. Don't bullshit me. My dear Frida, you are now tipping from paranoid to delusional. 
Do get yourself some due rest while I'm gone. And with a swish of his cape, he walks off with an offhanded wave. A steamy mephit touches my hand and leads me quietly to a room where I melt into a hot bath. For a brief moment of respite, I remember I am the queen consort Frida, untouchable. I am living a charmed life again. I close my eyes and sink below the water. I forget I am the runaway traitor, the abandoner of all I have ever loved, of all who have ever trusted me. I'm not sure how much time has passed, but no one is around when I exit, fully dressed in high-end absinthia loungewear. So I decide to explore the place a bit myself, half hoping I'll just stumble upon Denise, other half hoping I'll find some paper, maybe, and a bit of time to sort out my thoughts. And the more I wander, the more obvious it is that there really are no other people here. And I feel like I can't trust any of the reasons why that might be that keep popping into my head. But I do my best to hold on to the belief that Denise is here, like Angelo said. He has no reason to trick me. I come across what looks like a little gift shop. I poke my head inside, then make my way looking around slowly. But suddenly I stop, frozen in place. In the middle of the shop is a cleared space and an unsettling-as-fuck scene. The floor is covered in claw marks in every direction, and across the surface is smeared what looks like some dark, fiendish ritual. A pattern of demonic symbolism made out of some substance I can't identify but pray it's not blood, and to top it all off, placed throughout are these thoughtfully articulated dolls. And it occurs to me that this moment right now, this is all by design. And whoever made this scene, they wanted someone to stumble across it just as I am now. I begin to back the fuck up. But someone is already standing behind me. Nerd! Promise your boyfriend. You're the only person who's like, more Fire Emblem characters than Smash. Yes, unironically. There's already so many. Hey, leave some characters for the rest of us. This is my most controversial political opinion. Fire Emblem deserves more representation in Smash Brothers. More Animal Crossing characters. Give me the Nooklings. Give me the Nooklings. Austin, every time that you share that opinion, I'm going to go to Sakura and uh, convince him to delete one of the Fire Emblem characters from the game.
Okay, but Rossetti for next Smash because he's not in New Horizons and we need Rossetti. He's very angry and he could like throw pickaxes at people. That's great, and I agree, Lauren. Um, we should jump into the adventure because last time uh, we were together. Can we just can Dwayne be Rossetti now instead? <laughs> Um, so it's actually been two weeks for us. The audience hasn't had an interruption in their it's, schedule. Wait, but how much has it been? It's been two weeks. Since I looked at you. Da, 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 da. I don't know the rest of the words, but it's been two weeks. Come on. So it looked at me. It's been one week since you've looked at me. Yeah, God, it's one it's, week, you schmuck, yeah. not two. It's, it's been one. one week since you've looked at me. There's words. Caught your head to the side and said I'm angry. Five days since I laughed at you because you just did just what I thought you were going to do. Three days since the afternoon, we realized we're both to blame. But what could we do yesterday? You just smiled at me because it'll still be two days till we say we're sorry. There we go. That's why we have Comrade on here. Bare Naked Ladies sucks. Hey, hey, Gordon is a perfect album. So you take <laughs> that fucking back. <laughs> Wait. Yeah, yeah, no, stunt it. You can fuck it. But Gordon is perfect. <laughs> Strong opinions. You know what else is perfect? Our D&D campaign. Oh, no, it's not, Laura. That's reaching. Thank you, Laura. But where, where I was going with that, it's been a while, so it's totally understandable if the players have forgotten, which is a convenient excuse to refresh the audience as well. So Thank, thank God you've given me permission this week to have forgotten. Yeah, but I knew what we were going to do, damn. Normally you all have perfect memory and there's not a single fact that escapes your mind. But this week there's an excuse. Uh, so I will explain once again where we left it, which is we went to the Absinthia Spa and Resort. There are five locations to explore. Uh, there's the hotel. There's the dining area. There's the recreation area, the shopping area, and Crater Bay, a shallow uh, body of water with a mysterious shard sticking out of it, which is giving off a strange white light. Uh, so faced with those five options, the party went to the dining area into a crab shack where they met some mephits. Uh, the mephits told you they would tell you how to meet the queen if you can answer one simple question. I, I remember that they asked the question, but I did not think of an answer to the question. <laughs> That's fine. The question is, what is the shape of the world? And then they laugh at you, and there's every expectation now that you leave because the the they, the methods think they have stumped you, and you none of you have that answer. You all grew up in a post-apocalypse. None of you are f formally educated. Like this is a totally understandable thing for you all to be puzzled by. But there are four other areas to explore. Can I solve this the way I did a few seasons ago on Dice Funk, where I just do a lot of drugs and then understand existence? Oh. Is that on the table? If you had never done that before, I'd be into it, but I feel like if we just start repeating the greatest hits, okay, uh, the audience okay. will, will be less impressed. Fine, I will, I will find another way to understand the universe's mysteries. Nothing. I think that Austin does not understand audiences, but <laughs> go on. There's a reason that concerts play the greatest hits. They play well. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely do not understand audiences, um, and some of that was illuminated recently. I met a professor named Michael Bakken, B-A-K-A-N, uh, who studies autism, and within like 10 minutes of meeting me, <laughs> he was like, oh, you are extremely autistic, my dude, <laughs> from the way that you do not make eye contact, the w you don't know what to do with your hands, the way you talk, um, and we got to talking. He actually wrote a book called Music and Autism, Speaking for Ourselves, that's uh, coming out in a new version soon. 
Um, so that's Michael Bakken, B-A-K-A-N. And we were talking about my podcast. And he's like, it'd be cool if you mentioned it because someone who he worked with, because we were just talking about his process, uh, his co-author was someone named Graham Gibson, which is what, you know, Graham, G-R-A-E-M-E. I didn't give it a second thought. Gibson's a very common last name. Uh, but guess whose son that is? Oh! No. Wow. No. The world is very small. Which, Mel Gibson? No, William Gibson, author of Neuromancer. Oh, the... oh my god, I was like, I don't know any other Gibsons except for the guitar. And I was like, that's, what the fuck? That's wild. I'm not going to lie, I went to Google and typed someone Gibson to see who would come and up. Mel Gibson and Mel Gibson literally has like 10 kids. William Gibson was my first thought, but I was like, that can't possibly be right. <laughs> Uh, no, but Neuromancer, obviously a groundbreaking work of cyberpunk, a big influence on season four. Um, apparently, um, Autistic has uh, co-authored this book, Music and Autism. Um, it's coming out in a new version. It looks like um, it's very, very soon. So just, I just, it's on Amazon. I just typed it in, so it's easy yes. to find. But someone met, I met recently who helped me understand myself and how I don't understand how other people view me. So that's not, nothing. Not understanding other people's perceptions is... A great time. Woo, Autism Squad. Super fun. Well, so now I look like an asshole. Thanks. No, it's great. It's 100%. I'm used to it. It's fine. <laughs> it's all cool and good. And I met someone who knows William Gibson's son, which is like seven degrees of knowing a cool guy. <laughs> that is crazy. Um, where were we? I've completely lost the plot. Uh, we don't know what shape the world is. Yeah, you don't know what shape the world is. Um, so there's every expectation here that, that the methods think they've stumped you, and you're like, well, let's explore the rest of the spa. There are four areas. The guest services area, a.k.a. the hotel. There is the recreation, the shopping, and then the shard in the center of Crater Bay. Now, here's something that doesn't actually matter, but I'd like to think about it for flavor. Uh, on this Disney map you have in our old 20, there is a monorail. Can we get on a monorail? Uh, I mean, absolutely. It does. It's not running, but that's very uh, Stephen King's The Dark Tower, the post-apocalyptic monorail, a very strange part <laughs> of that series. I love a monorail. I would just steal the talking monorail if I if I wouldn't get yelled at. <laughs> Someone would absolutely call me out. Just, just as a reminder, is the hotel where we believe um, we would eventually be taken if we can solve this riddle? No, uh, the Mephits told you the Queen, Queen Denise Wolfram, uh, is inside the Shard in the center of the bay. Oh, um, okay. Because, they- see, I was going to say we go to the Shard because the Shard seems like a, a, a mystical Shard would be the perfect place to find out the mysteries of the universe. We'll see, but I feel like it could be advantageous to go to the other things because the Shard seems like the biggest thing. Yeah. Everything's totally open for exploration. I also have to clarify, I think someone in the audience pointed out that I have said Diane Wolfram. It's Denise Wolfram. Diana is the leader of the bat folk in the glass forest. That was just a Freudian slip in an earlier episode. Denise Wolfram. I want to go shopping. Oh, we can go shopping if you like. I like shopping. (laughs) That's not Lola, but it is Lola. I mean, that is a very valid excuse to pick where to go next. Maybe there'll be something left. I don't know. Get a, like a nice hat or shoe. Got to see what's left before the you know the sales clear everything out. It's funny because if you look at this map of Disney's Caribbean Beach Resort under the shopping heading, there is literally only one thing, which is a trading post. Uh, every other heading has many different things, but shopping district very small. Can I just say about this map? I can't stop looking at it and seeing that the lake looks like a foot. 
And I know it's called Barefoot Bay, but like, it, it looks... No, it's supposed to. Yeah, it looks like a foot and that weirds me out. It's mm-hmm. foot. That's foot. The audience has asked me to stop talking about feet. Oh, did you talk about feet a lot? <laughs> it comes up more than you think. <laughs> Should you check out the trading post then? Ooh, maybe there'll be trail mix. Trail mix. Uh, so <laughs> the party leaves the crab shack. Uh, I you can leave the thriller bark tied up there. I'm not gonna like spring a trap on you and make you sh- move the ship around every time. Uh, but you just kind of trudge over to the gift shop in the shopping district. It's a very humble stand. Um, but you, why don't you all roll perception as you approach it to see if there's anything about it that catches your eye before you just kind of walk in? Persuasion. Not persuasion, I'm sorry. Perception. Jesus Christ, brain. Well, Persu- persuasion of the right hey, sort. Hey, hey, gift shop. What are you... <laughs> gift shop, please. <laughs> I got an eight. I got an 11. Come on, we need... Lauren, we need you to save us. <laughs> I rolled a nine. We don't know shit. Yeah, so 12 and 11 above average, I say as you approach the gift shop, you notice that there's a light on inside. Uh, you haven't seen any uh, anybody but the Mephits here, and they were, like, you know, very quick to hide from you. So there's, like, a, a candle flickering in the window. Someone seems to be inside. So that's that's what I'll tell you as you approach if you want to change how you kind of go into the situation. But with, a, with an 11 and a 12, that's what you get. Uh, can I use detect thoughts to try and get some surface level... Hey, what 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 you what you got going on there? Are you are you friend or foe? Yeah. Uh, so uh, Vindros, you use your psionics to cast uh, detect thoughts using your psionic die, and within I think a hundred feet, you get the surface level thoughts. Oh, and it's someone... only thirty feet. It's not that good. Yeah, I, I want to say if you get up close to the door. Um, you can kind of get you can get some. I'm not. Yeah. It's not a particularly big gift shop. <laughs> um, you get some surface thoughts in here, which is like. Nope, you sit sit down over here. Nope, turn this way. Good. Okay, now you're, it's your turn. It's like somebody who seems to be talking to different, like in their mind, they're thinking through like directions, yeah. but you only get one set of thoughts. I was going to say, there's not other sets of thoughts being directed. Mm. No, there's, there's only one source of thoughts, but this person is like, uh, be nice, sit still. Hmm. Huh. My my gut says if we just go in very smiley and friendly and don't acknowledge whatever weirdness is going on there, probably it's going to be fine. <laughs> just just whatever's going on in there, just it's totally normal. Whatever roll the knock. <laughs> There's no knock roll, although there is a knock spell. Weird enough. Oh, there is. Yeah. Yeah, but if you you knock on the door, um, and I think so, Vindros, you're still keyed into the surface level thoughts. Yeah. Um, you you just get someone the the person whose thoughts you're detecting just goes it basically just thinks to themselves like these these methods ah so annoying I'm busy right now go bother go bother the halflings you jerks <laughs> uh, Vindras sort of just through the door goes uh, S- sorry to bother you um um if if it helps we're not with the with the methods we were hoping to you know. Uh, Find someone that wasn't them around. Hello. Okay, so you're just gonna outright expose that you've been reading their mind? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, this is just a pure coincidental. Oh, hello. Uh, just, just. Uh, we're we're not we're not, not with, we're not with them. Hello, it's us. Okay. 
Uh, yeah, so I think, Evindros, you kind of enter the, the shop, uh, kind of assuming a chill posture. Um, and you see in here, there is a small boy, about age 13. Oh. Uh, and he has all these different action figures and stuffed toys on the ground lined up playing some kind of game. They seem to be on different teams. And they seem to have different attributes. It's like the teddy bears versus the kung fu guys in some kind of game and he's uh very meticulously you know uh, putting them in certain order it's like setting up a chessboard of some sort um and when you come in and say like hey i'm not with the methods he doesn't seem particularly interested in you he keeps going about what he's doing uh uh tell tell me about this this war you got going on what what you what you got set up here Okay, so Vindros, you just approach the boy. Uh, as you get closer, yeah. you you see that he is Genasi, uh, so v- very similar to a human, but there's like a slightly different, maybe like um, you know th- the if you you know if you do like a custom face editor in like a sports game and you can move the eyes and the nose around, the chin around, <laughs> it's just like a little bit off of human proportions enough that you know it's not the same species, but from a distance, if you were like looking through binoculars, you wouldn't know if it was a human or a genasi. But now you're close, you know it's a genasi boy, uh, age thirteen. Uh, skin is kind of just. A brownish. Um, you can't tell what particular element. Um, and you, as you approach, you say to him, uh, what you doing? And he looks up at you and then just back to the toys and does not answer you. Hey there, little fella. And I'm going to do my finest Sam Elliott hat tip. Um, so, Vindros, you're like in this this boy's thoughts. Yeah. And the, his response to you isn't – his mental response to this intrusion is not – verbal he doesn't think to himself like oh no here come these people Mm. what what you what you catch on the surface level is just like it's like the feeling you get like when someone's in your personal space expressed mentally if that makes sense Mm. but he's he's so he's enraptured in this he's like mr teddy you don't get the sword until level five put it (laughs) down and takes it away from the teddy bear See, i i'm i'm now stuck in the position of like oh this child is me as a child and i must back off and give them space i can do nothing i cannot interact with you npc i must i must leave you to your game i want to roll performance okay y'all know how chickens like heads can stay yes perfectly stabilized well yeah while you wiggle them around yes 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 i want to do that with sandra hell yes to try and get his attention Yes, yes, yes. Oh my god. I love the, the stabilized chicken Oh head. no! <laughs> We're old a four! <laughs> yeah, only a four. So in the in the flickering uh, candlelight in this gift shop, uh, you see that the boy, his hair is like a light pink. It's not as like vivid pink as the salt crystals you've seen throughout your adventure, but it's it's pink. Um, as uh, Lola walks in with Sandra the Chalks and begins kind of dancing him around or <laughs> dancing her body around while the head stays stabilized. Um, and the, the boy seems pretty annoyed with this. And uh, I think, like, Vindros, uh, your mental connection is, like, severed by a sudden burst of annoyance. Uh-oh. Yeah, I think... I uh, Sorry to have uh, bothered you. We'll leave you be. And Vindros is ready to just back out of this. Oh, oh man, that usually works. Yeah, we have intruded upon carefully lining up toys time. This is not to be not to be messed with. <laughs> uh can I roll an insight on the kid? Absolutely. Oh yeah, we should do that. Uh twenty one. Okay, I'm not gonna help. Twenty one is so good. Bramwell, um 
an interesting thing to me here is that I think you actually know who this is. <gasps> oh. Uh, this is Sven Wolfram. Oh. Uh, this is uh, Claire's brother, um, the daughter of Denise Wolfram. And uh, in fact, uh, when you switched to Bramwell and made your character sheet, a thing you put on your character sheet under language was sign language, uh-huh. which is not an option that is available to you, but you did it anyway. Uh, which when I saw that, I decided Sven is nonverbal and only communicates in sign language. Oh. Uh, so I will uh, have Bramwell go up to Sven and communicate with him using sign language to ask him how he's doing. Oh. All right. So, so Bramwell, you you finally enter the scene after you're carefully guarding the perimeter as Vindros and Lola make the initial approach. You walk in, see what's going on, kneel down, and you say you ask Sven how he's doing. As Sven signs to you, these strangers are bothering me. Uh, oh, can I just say I need to protect this child with my life now? This, this, this is the best NPC. I want to. I want to learn sign language. Damn. I, I, I want uh, Bramwell to basically sign back that these strangers are friends of his. They're a little bit goofy, but <laughs> they don't mean any harm. Sven signs. Are you friends of my dad? Because he sees your armor. Uh he will sign back. Uh. I am a knight of the God King. I uh, he's, he'll mention he, he, uh, that he has uh, he spends a lot of time with uh, your little sister Sabrina. Now I, I imagine at some point the two of you have met, but because of how long uh, Sven has been here, he does not remember you. Do you remember him? Yes, I, I think Bramwell remembers all the Wolfram kids. Uh, and I think it's much more reasonable that he would be remembered in return, since that's a case of, like, the royalty remembering the bodyguards, essentially. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking as well. So I think Sven is uh, Sven understands that dwarves are routinely employed as knights because they're long-lived and very loyal and hardy, and that some of them have been trained in sign language specifically to deal with him. And so he's, like, more comfortable with you. Um, and he signs, what do you want? Is my dad here? Uh Bramwell will, will sign. No, no. Uh, we were just in the area. Sven signs. Nobody comes here. I'm all alone. Oh. Uh, Bramwell will sign. Is there anybody else in this area who who helps take care of you? Sven signs. My mom says the Mephits are supposed to take care of me, but they're mostly just annoying. <laughs> uh... I, I might be misremembering. Did we find out the mom's here already? Yes. Uh, Denise Wolfram is in the shard in the middle of the bay. Uh, the Mephits said uh, – the Mephits implied it would be dangerous to go t- to go just walk in and talk to her. And they said they would tell you the secret if you solve their, their riddle. But okay. there's actually nothing stopping you from investigating the shard if that's how you wanted to proceed. That's okay. just what they said. Uh, Bramwell will sign. Uh, they met the Mephits, uh, and they were kind of weird. They asked him a riddle. <laughs> yes, I think Sven's eyes light up a little bit, and he signs, what riddle? Uh, Bramwell is going to act completely stumped. He says, they asked us, what is the shape of the world? And we had no idea. Uh, Sven looks very proud, and he says, I did, I did, uh, I made a model of the world one time for schoolwork. <gasps> My mom makes me learn all kinds of stuff. She's a genius. 
Bramwell is going to say, that's very impressive. Do you still have that model? <laughs> uh, Sven says, uh, I left it in my old room in the hotel. Oh. My mom made me move over here to the gift shop because she filled all the rooms in the hotel with her experiments. Uh, could you tell me which room it was? Sven signs that he can't remember. He says, I think it was on the sixth floor. The, the even floors are elementals and the odd floors are animals. Ah. Ooh, animals. Uh, Bramwell will sign back. If we go and find it, would you like it back? <laughs> Sven, sign, Sven signs, you can have it. I got an A. <laughs> uh, how old is, is Sven, by the way? At 13? Yeah. 13? Okay. 13 year old, yeah. Janasi uh, boy. Uh, so Bramwell will just sign. Is there anything that I can get for you? <laughs> oh, I don't like that chuckle. <laughs> um, uh, Sven signs. He says, Mom says I'm not allowed to have any of the animals as pets because they're dangerous. Could you bring me the cutest one from the hotel? Hell yes. Uh, Bramble will just say, we'll do our best. Okay, so now we have the five areas. There's the hotel, which you now know is full of elementals and animals, animals. which he, uh, which Sven has characterized to you as his mother's experiments, whatever that means. Uh, there's the dining area where the methods are, the recreation area, you don't know what that is, and the shopping where Sven is. Lauren, uh, so Lauren, I've just realized something terrible. If we have, if we're going to get this 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 uh, child, the cutest animal, that means that you can't have the cutest animal. Um, I can still make friends with it and we'll be buddies until I get it back to and bring it to Sven. You know, never know what happens between there and here. There's uh, anyone else alive that's been in the area? Uh, Sven signs to just the halflings. Halflings? Oh, I don't want to do it. I don't sign that, but... <laughs> uh, yeah, um, hmm. yeah, Sven says, it's, Sven signs to you, they're at the recreation area. They're here for one of mom's experiments, one of her inventions. That stuff's boring. It's all just it's all just killing toys, he says. Uh Bramwell will sign. How many of them were there? Sven signs to you that he doesn't know. He says a, a, more than a couple. Like he saw them like come in on the uh the abbot's skiff and like saw them getting off the boat and then he just ran back inside because he didn't want to have social interactions with them. <laughs> That's what he explains to you. Like, uh, one of my one of my dad's friends brought them, and I saw them, and I ran back inside because I didn't want to talk to them. That's 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 a relatable mood. Uh, did I ever tell the story on here how I climbed out of the window of my own house <laughs> once to get out of uh, a conversation? <laughs> how do I not remember that story? No. It's, it's funny that Laura said Sven is you because Sven is also me. I I I feel a lot of I feel a lot of connection to this child. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, Sven signs to you that the, the halflings are at their recreation area, which fills in to you kind of the full picture of what's going on in, at the Absinthia Resort and Spa as far as different things to explore. Uh, the halflings are here for what Sven calls his mother's killing toys, whatever that means. I want to release all the animals. Yeah, the, 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 the killing toys place sounds like a bad place to be. Yep, I mean, it doesn't sound great, but if uh, Lola wants her crossbow back... Yeah, but I just want to release all the animals first, plus maybe they'll be grateful, right? And they'll join me in battle. You never know. 
Uh, Sven signs to you, uh, Bramble, and asks if you want to play. Uh, you want to play a game with the the toys. What's the game you want to play? It's called uh, Snuggle Chess. It's like chess with uh, cr- uh, the the different action figures and toys, but instead of like killing each other when like Rook takes pawn, they snuggle them. Oh, that sounds so wholesome. We need we need more games like this. This is good. <laughs> Do you want to play? Do you have uh, like games proficiency, which is a real thing you can have in D anD D. Uh, no, Bramble does not, unless, uh, the pieces are made out of vehicles, because I have vehicles. <laughs> are they perhaps made of hubs? Well, you're practically Mr. Monopoly with the monocle. I know. I am Uncle Pennybag, so I think that should give me advantage. Yeah. Vindros would, would, would be up for, for, for playing. Okay, yeah. So you don't have a gaming proficiency, so you just roll roll d20, and Sven will roll proficiency. All right. I got an 18. I got a 12. That's respectable for a first try. Yeah, you hold your own. So how do you picture this, Sven? Or, 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 I called Laura Sven. I don't <laughs> even... Let's not even unpack that Freudian slip. Uh, like, like invent invent a kind of chess variant here with me oh. with, like, toys. Because mm, mm. in previous seasons, we had Holodeck. We had Dragon Chess. We've had a lot of different games. We're kind of making a new one here where it's, like... I'm, I'm picturing that, like, the the... The various toys are moving around on essentially tetromino uh, patterns. That are, that yes, are I love s- it. A Tetris chess. Yeah, a Tetris chess. It's all sorted by something like uh, maybe like the 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 size or the color of them dictate. Like, well, this can this can do the L shape because it's that color. Ooh, I, I do like a color element too. That's really satisfying. Yeah, because then you've got like nice yeah c- color symmetry for movement works well. Yeah, so there's like a spatial element with the shapes, but then the color, it's like, um, you know, Fire Emblem, sword beats axe, axe beats lance, lance beats sword. It'd be like red beats green, green beats blue, blue beats yellow, yellow beats red or something. Yeah. In addition to the, t- the types. Exactly. The I think we're onto something here. <laughs> okay, I love it very much. Sven does crush you convincingly, but he doesn't seem disdainful of your effort. He's like, well, this is the, you did well for someone who hasn't played this before. He signs that I think to Bramwell, and then Bramwell can t- can choose to give that however you want. But <laughs> he's already played better now. He'll he'll, he'll, he'll offer that to you next. <laughs> Bramwell's like he says, "Get wrecked, noob." <laughs> v- Vindras is happy to have picked up enough on the rules to have not just had to stop every two minutes and go, "Wait, what can this piece do?" Yeah. Um, okay, so does anybody have any more questions? Sven seems alarmingly well-informed for someone of his age. It seems like he doesn't have much to do but think and, like, read and play. Uh, Bramwell asks, when was the last time you saw the God King? Oh, I actually know that. I, I had to really dig deep into my own, like, mental lore to figure out uh, when that would have been. I think what Sven signs back is after Sabrina's mom left... Uh, can I sign back? Why were you sent out here? It was it a punishment? Uh, Sven signs. No, the God King loves my mom. My mom's doing cool science. I'm with her. <laughs> God, that's a cool mom. So let's cut over to Clear and Amy, who are digging a hole right now. <laughs> but <sighs> but also. Me. Huh? That's still me. God damn it. (laughs) All you, Chris. But also with a kind of structural clarification for the audience, because the way this this campaign was kind of designed uh, was that there was a central driving question of where is Frida? 
And, you know, Sabrina went on this quest to find her and it was like, where is she? And there's also what you learned last episode. uh, Amy told you that all the wives knew a secret. Only the wives of God King Wolfram knew a secret, a thing he's afraid of. Um, And basically the question was, which of the wives would you get this information from? Either. Oh, my God. He can't make them come. <laughs> That's it. It has to be something only they'd know. Yeah, that is my one fear in life. Um, but if so, if you would have went to Absinthia first, maybe you would have befriended Denise and you knew it right away. Maybe you would have joined up with the Athar and met uh, Marcel's mother earlier in the campaign. The one person I didn't think you were going to get this information from was Amy's mom because she's dead. <laughs> but here she is. Uh, and, but now here we are in episode 20 something. Amy is possessed by the ghost of her mother. And as you dig a hole in the middle of uh, the salt flats, Amy says to you, my mom says, if we dig all the way down, we'll find the one thing my father's afraid of. And what's that? Skeletons. <laughs> skeleton. <laughs> it's just a big skeleton. <laughs> is that 50 foot over that fucking... Yeah, the Halloween decoration from Home Depot, the 50-foot skeleton. <laughs> oh, can we go to, like, the old abandoned Home Depot and throw a bunch of skeletons at him? And that's what takes him out. <laughs> skeleton army! <laughs> so Amy slash her mother, you're never really sure which one is speaking now. They're blending as she's blinking. It's, it's like, really unnerving. Uh, but that the person, I'm, I'm just going to say Amy for simplicity, says, he never told me exactly what it was. He just said it was... The potential of an entire world. And he's obsessed with it. That's what made him a conduit. So why is it buried out here? Is it buried? Or is that just where it is? We're digging a hole, aren't we? <laughs> uh, as you say that, uh, a- Amy breaks through a layer here in- into some darkness below. And she says, I don't, I don't know, Clear. It's going to get weird from here on out. It's okay if you want to go back, but I think I need to go. No, no. I mean, it hasn't been weird to this point. So, I mean, might as well get on in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Amy, like, slips through. Uh, 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 basically, you dug down through the crust, just straight down, and suddenly you break through something. Because you've seen before, the layer of salt has different thicknesses. Like, sometimes you crack through, and it's just like, uh-oh, narwhal skeleton. And sometimes you have to go very deep, and it's like there's a you know, uh, a well of water, you drown that iron elemental in. It's like, you never know what you're going to get here. But when you, you break through a layer um, and you slip in after Amy, you land in a dark tunnel and you're you're immediately ass- assaulted by a, just a terrible smell. Ooh. Just like a rotting, like you're gagging immediately. Ew, icky. Yeah, actually, constitution saving throw. Uh, Okay. You can't make kids throw up, Austin. I got a 10. Yeah, a 10's average. I think you you manage not to throw up. You just feel very v- badly ill. Oh, um, I can method act the crap out of that right now. <laughs> I don't know what the worst thing you've ever smelled before, Chris, is for me, uh, someone left some meat in a car for a couple days. <gasps> oh, no, no. Oh, no. Uh, oh, no. It's um a one-time... I made a, one of those protein drinks in a shaker. Oh, no. And I, put, and I put it in a drawer at work and forgot about it and then oh. found it like six months later. And no. oh, that is the worst smell in the world. No. Because it's basically just like old milk. The worst no. smell in the world was when a dead rat, cr- uh, a rat crawled into a radiator and died. 
and the it just was blowing out dead rat smell. Uh, my last month when I went to the cab place, there was a dead rat in the ceiling above where I worked, and uh, this is Florida, and it was just there for like. A I mean, there was a part time. where it was literally raining insects on you that from was, the ceiling of that building. That's true. There, and then there was one night where the water came through. Just a biblical plague of a place. They're still open, and I don't know how. Uh, so right now you're in kind of a dark tunnel clear. Uh, we have, do we settle this? Do you have dark vision? I, saw I do th- have dark vision, uh, yes. Okay, I saw some people saying that uh, Ice Genasi shouldn't have dark vision, so whatever well, way you homebrew fair, this, you have it. Yeah, I, I basically took a fire Genasi and just took everything that said fire damage and turned it to cold damage, <laughs> basically. Sick, dude. Okay, so you do, and in our universe, that's just how Ice Genasi rolls. So mm-hmm. uh, you see this- Because uh, it's coldest at night. I can't dispute that. <laughs> That's, That's just facts. That's just science. Uh, so, uh, you see Amy's already walking ahead of you down this dark, smelly tunnel. Uh, do you say anything as you follow after her? Um, so, have you said anything to your mom recently? Are you Are you able to talk to her? Or what's up with that? I think Amy like holds the skull up and listens to it and then turns to you and says, she talks to me. Are you guys hitting it off? It's complicated. I did. I did kill her. So we have to work through some stuff. But didn't she? I'm trying to remember. She asked her to kill her, didn't she? Or no, she she had to. She had to. Yeah. Yeah. Her mother, like her mother's dying words to were to reassure her that it was okay. Okay. Uh, well, you know, now you have the time to really talk it out. It's good things, really. Yeah, everything's kind of working out. Like, we we may have messed up a little bit, but if you become a conduit and you're my knight, and we can kill father, and I'll become the liberator queen, everything's everything's gonna turn out okay. Yeah, I really wouldn't say we messed up, but you know. Um, <laughs> It's going to work mm-hmm. because we're at this point. And when it happens, then we'll be able to focus on it and get it done. Then it'll all be over. Can you roll me survival to navigate these dark, foul-smelling tunnels underneath I, the ground? I got really excited, but then I realized I was looking at stealth. And instead, my survival is uh, hilariously bad. Oops. Yeah, I got it too, buddy. Mm. All right. So you're walking in this dark tunnel. You're talking to Amy, who actually seems pretty upbeat about being possessed by her dead mother. Um, <laughs> what The smell keeps getting worse and worse. And you, you don't vomit. Um, but there's a point where you think, oh, no, I cannot take any more of this. And you close your eyes to like brace against it for a moment. And you are knocked to the ground. Um, you take four damage, um, and something hits you in the dark and you, you get knocked down to the ground here. You have dark vision. I was going to say it's hard to see, but there's some kind of, um, mass above you. Uh, you're, and it smells fucking awful. It smells like a dead body is on you. Oh God. Okay. Um, hmm. I mean, so can I take a look at it, see what it looks like? Uh, if you if you call out to Amy, she can uh, you know summon a f- a f- some fire to see it better. Uh, how about alternatively? What if I blink? 
<laughs> That's your solution to everything. Just yeah. blink away, you coward. <laughs> I just want to disappear from scenarios in life. You're going to run out of spell slots before you get... That's the last one I have for level three, uh -oh. so yeah. Oh my god. Clear, you have it leveled up. It'll. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. I don't know why we're acting like it's not going to be fine. So you're knocked to the ground by this terribly smelling mass. It's just disgusting, almost like a, just a wave of nauseous, awful feeling. Uh, and you blink away. And so you are not uh, on the physical plane where you can be affected or touched anymore, uh, which gives you the perspective to see what's going on, which is there's a fleshy, writhing blob, like a mass of skin um, uh, kind of basically what you see is that this foul smelling stuff is that the the the, the walls of these tunnels are of like a fleshy uh, organic quality to them and some of it is torn off and you can see as it kind of tries to pull stand up from where it knocked you down to like turn and look for you uh there is like rudimentary limbs kind of pressing through this flesh uh, humanoid, but mangled and like boneless. Uh, this is essentially like a flesh golem. Mm, I painted one of those. Uh, <sighs> I will leave because I don't really need to hang out with that. Yeah, my face is like, y'all seen that bird that like looks disgusted? It's amazing. It's visible disgust. That is the face I'm making listening to all of this, Austin, you monster. Lauren, please post visible disgust bird in the Skype for me to enjoy. I will. He's great. Now, birds aren't real, though. So how does Chris, that... when you say you leave, do you, stay in the <laughs> do you stay in the gray and just run down the tunnel away from the flesh golem? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to I'm just going to go down the tunnel, basically. So we've we got to get to this thing. So you leave this this mass of writhing flesh behind uh, with Amy, who begins fighting it off with her ash magic. Uh, her her bursts of ash and fire kind of illuminate the tunnel as she forces it back. Uh, flesh golems actually have uh, aversion to fire. If the golem takes fire damage, it has disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks until its next turn. So if this was a combat scenario... Um, you would have kicked its ass pretty handily just because Amy happens to have its weakness. This wasn't particularly planned. You could be here by yourself. Uh, you could be worst enemy. You could be like intense enemies with Amy and she wouldn't help you. It just so happens she's on your team. So she fights it back. She doesn't kill it, but she like cool. uses fire to force it to flee. Cool beans. Um, but yeah, so that's what she's doing as you go on ahead. Do you continue scouting or do you wait for her to catch up? Okay. Keep scouting. Actually, I was going to say roll something, but because you're in the gray, uh, nothing can really stop you. <laughs> you have, like, not infinite time. You have until the end of the spell. But I'm going to say you go on ahead, and what you find is more fleshy walls. No, I knew it. Uh, essentially, I don't know if you'd know the word quarry, uh, but you're in a kind of rock quarry and some tunnels and part of it. And all oh, the, the Power Rangers are going to fight here. <laughs> <laughs> and all the walls have become come infested with putrid flesh. And sometimes parts of it rip off and attack. Uh, but now that you're in the gray, they don't sense you. They can't. You can just kind of go on. And Amy's going to catch up. But you get to the end of a tunnel and there's like a, a shaft uh, down into a lower level. Is this like a flesh mine? No, it's just a flesh shaft. It's fine. <laughs> Don't call the episode that. Hey, who doesn't love a flesh shaft? The flesh shaft. Someone has to say something better than flesh shaft, or that will be the name of the episode. Maybe if it's a flesh sack? I don't know. Nope, not better. <laughs> That's the same. That's to be the same place. 
Austin's very handsome. See, you can use that instead. He's not going to. He doesn't believe you. No, I don't believe it at all. Okay. (laughs) Do you go down the shaft or do you wait for Amy? I'll wait for Amy only because I need to make sure this is the right place to go. Okay. So Amy like basically fights her way alone down this shaft. Every once in a while, the walls rip open, bleeding pus and mucus God. as fleshy golems kind of come out of the walls. And she forces them back with ash magic. Um, and as she reaches the edge of the, the shaft, your blink wears off and you pop back into the real world. And she looks at you and she says, where were you, knight? Your queen needs you. <laughs> I thought you had Blink, too. Shouldn't we avoid fighting anything? I have to conserve my more powerful spells. You don't know how far we have to go. Well, you know, now we know. (laughs) So down there, or what's up with that? Yes, we have to go to the very bottom. Do you just jump in, or...? She, she, okay, so there's a confidence and a nervousness. You don't know which is Amy's and which is her mother's, but the, this person simultaneously has two expressions in a way that you like. You feel a queasiness in your stomach looking at. I wanna, I wanna do uh, a cannonball. <laughs> okay, you cannonball into the flesh shaft. Let's cut no. back. To, let's cut back to the wolf pack. The flesh shaft is a little. Okay. I'm sorry, Lauren. Can I get that one more time? The flesh shaft is a little old place where there's too much flesh. <laughs> Look, it, it was cold that day, and... <laughs> yep. All right, so the team makes it to, I believe, the hotel. Yes. Yeah. Seven, seven stories. Uh, this is clearly built recently, which is to say post-apocalyptic. This is not like... A uh, harp city, which is an artifact from the old world made of glass and steel. This is like adobe or brick. This is like uh, the people who came after the calamity uh, found this bay and built this thing around it as a tourist attraction. You don't know where all the tourists are, or for that matter, where the staff is. Uh, but that's that's the thing you 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 definitely understand when you see this this building is that this is not a pre-apocalyptic artifact that people just moved into okay i want to release some animals how y'all feel about that i mean that seems like what you would do i mean we gotta we get a small little guy for for spend and you know just let the other ones go about their business maybe i i feel like literally any door we open here looking for a cute animal is gonna be a boss fight behind the door laura have i become that predictable (laughs) <laughs> yes. I mean D&D is has a formula. Yeah, no, this is this is as close to a dungeon as I really ever put in our campaigns. Is this this building with seven floors of monsters in it? Uh so you walk onto the first floor. This ground floor actually doesn't have rooms, right? It's just like the lobby. The, the lobby and a the you know, sorry Lauren. Well, I just said lobby. Yeah, it's the the lobby and the you know the cafes or whatever. It's been a while since I've been in a hotel. I'm trying to like in my mind picture things that are on the first floor and it's like elevator, but they wouldn't have invented elevators post apocalypse. So it's just stairs actually. Um, uh, but it's it's completely deserted, and also everything looks um, like the people just got up and left one day. 
It's not like it was a terrible, there's no like blood and skeletons, you know, the classic, um, environmental storytelling where every, every room has a, a skeleton with a note on it. Uh, it's like, nope, everyone just left and you don't know why. Uh, how about, um, uh, uh, like, sh- should we investigate maybe? Yeah. I would love that. I would love an investigation role. I got a 16. Not a botch. It has negative one. I got a one. Ah! 13. Okay, so the party, we got 13 and 16, which are both above average. I want to say that, um, Corton, you got the highest. So I think you fi- you find the book at the front where people, like, sign into the hotel. And you flip back to, like, opening day. And this place was popping. It was, like, booked all the way, all seven floors, like, week after week after week. And it started, you know, there was a couple open rooms here and there. And then it was like half the place is empty. And it's like as it goes on, it's just the 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 bookings drop off a cliff until finally just nobody was coming here anymore. Um, that That's like I can't give you any more than that with uh, just a, a 16 and a 13. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's the thing you find. I don't know how you want to interpret that. But it's like a sudden steep drop off to like half empty, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would say it's like it gets exponentially worse. Like it's a little bit at first, mm-hmm. and then more and more, and then it's just like plummets and then craters. Yeah, yeah. This seems like the kind of place to spend as little time in as possible. We get up to what did what did what did he sign the sixth floor and try and find that room and just get get the fuck out. Um, also he wants a pet. I don't know if we're sticking to that or not, but <laughs> okay. So Vindros, you tell everyone time is of the essence, and you charge up to the second floor. I think that's the plan, unless we see, like, a room with a window in it, and it's the fluffy bunnies that are totally harmless room. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've, we've, we talked about this in season five. If you see a fluffy bunny, you that's absolutely the last room you should go into. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, but yeah, so you go up to the second floor, and the way this is structured is, like, you get up to the landing, and then you go onto this floor, and then across the hallway is the, the stairs to go up to the next floor. It's, like, alternating sides of the hallway, if that makes sense. Okay, are there any, like, Little windows and the doors. Well, no, they're hotel rooms, Lauren. What kind of hotel? I've gotcha. Have you been to a hotel with windows on all the doors? I don't know. If they're putting, I feel like if she's putting experiments in there, she'd like install doors with windows. Because then, like, what if somebody labels the wrong one? She's like, oh, I'm going up the tiny baby puppy guy. And then it's like, nope, it's the murder guy. It's funny you say that because, no, there are not windows. But she did do something, which is these doors have a uh, like colored they're color coded with like swatches of paint it looks like she walked down these hallways with uh three paint cans green yellow and red and like a a three paint brushes in them and just like marked the doors green yellow or red yeah do we think she did it the way everybody would assume it is or do you think she did it like weird to be different and so uh, green is usually good. Yellow is like, oh, bye. Can, can we insight that? that? Can we insight if <laughs> this is a, uh, a reverse psychology situation? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Insight these painted doors. Hell yeah. I love yeah. to insight a door. I don't know if you're joking, but I'm doing it. I'm <laughs> just same. 22. 20. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. I was muted. I screamed, how did I botch this? <laughs> 
That's very funny. Okay, so 22 and 20, the party 100% succeeds. You know, green means like benign, yellow means maybe some danger, and red is like, don't fucking open this door. And uh, Corton botches, which of course <laughs> means as you walk down the hallway and all you realize what's going on, Corton opens the door just to poke his head in and see what's inside and is immediately yanked inside the room. I thought red meant sexy. I want to. I want to ride into the room. Unpreposterous? Yes. Can he fit? Of course. Can Every he? Every hotel has to... Uh, OSHA regulations ensure that your hallways need to be big enough <laughs> for a moose. For all uh, ungulates or whatever they are, however you pronounce it. <laughs> Apocalypse OSHA. The dice love me this season. I don't like, understand. What did you do? I don't know. Like, I mean, I did sacrifice that puppy, but it was really for a good cause. I needed a vacation. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Corton is pulled inside a room marked red um, and, like, just quickly yanked (laughs) behind the door. uh, And (laughs) Bramall... I guess we're going in there. Huh? I guess we're going in there. Yeah, Bramwell comes in hot on his heels, slams the door open with preposterous. Uh, so the, what you see when you enter the room is a a very actually clean and like maintained hotel room. It doesn't look trashed, but Corton is being grappled by what is unmistakably a mercury elemental. Oh, I love oh, mercury. Oh, that's, that's, that's a bad time. It's bad, but it looks like it'd be so fun to touch. Yeah, it's a roughly human amount of mass of of Quicksilver, of like, uh, you know, Terminator 2 um, liquid metal. It's like coiling around him and like trying to to choke him out or like almost go inside of him. I'm not doing damage to Corton yet uh, because I want to see how this shakes down. Do you want to roll initiative or does someone have a solution? This isn't a solution, but I just realized if Aosha makes everything big enough for mooses... That means that there's capacity to fit things as big as mooses in these rooms. Oh, yeah, yeah. So in bringing his moose with him, Chris has uh, retconned the universe to allow him to put almost anything in here. That's fine. Go for it. I want I want you to be you, buddy. Can I roll an arcana check to see if I know what mercury is? Or do I just think this is a sorcery? Yeah, so nature check. 16. Yeah, uh, so this is a mercury elemental. I think you know that. You know mercury is a thing. I think like maybe someone has uncovered uh, enough mercury technology just for rudimentary uh, thermometers. So you know temperature affects this thing, but it's alive. It's roughly human size. It's. I don't think. Hmm. With a sixteen, would you know that it's poisonous? That's the question. I think with fifteen, you know it's dangerous. This thing definitely wants to kill Corton and is going to unless someone stops it. Uh, but I don't know if you know it's poisonous. That's the question. You know what? I'll say yes. I'll say you you know from, enough to know that the prolonged contact is also bad, even if he survives. Do I know what a weakness to mercury might be? I th- yeah, I think you like know piercing damage isn't going to do it. Slashing isn't going to do it. Maybe you can bludgeon it away from Corton. I have, I have bludgeoning. I can do that thing. Can I try and bludgeon this off? Sure. Uh, so, yeah, basically roll against Corton's AC because this thing is wrestling Corton. You'll hit both, but if you do enough damage, you can get it off of him. Uh, All right, right, so, okay. Do I hit? Oh, yeah, you hit. Oh, oh God, yeah. yes, you hit. Oh, my God. Do hit. What a hit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, a 24 to hit, only six damage. So, like, I don't, like, hurt Corton a lot. 
but I hit the Mercury presumably very precisely in a way that would get it off. Okay, so you do six damage. Um, I'm actually what I'm going to do is do a strength check to see if I lose the grapple. Well, I'm going to say with disadvantage. You know, and can I just say how much I appreciate Vindross's generosity in trying to get our new friend off first? I get it, cause sex. <laughs> can I cast something before this happens? Uh, I mean, I rolled a three against that six, so the Mercury Elemental fails. Oh, okay. Never mind. Hooray! I saw an 18 and got worried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Mercury Elemental grabs Corton, drags him into the room, tries to smother him to death. Uh, uh, Bramwell blows the door off with the moose, and Vindros runs in, uh, and you just hit him, I guess, with the blunt side of the axe baloney? Yeah, with, like, the flat side of it. Just trying to, just trying to pure knock it, knock it off. Yeah. You, so you give Corton a good whack. He, Corton takes six damage, but this thing doesn't want a piece of that and it's like uh, loses its grip and like flows off of him and then takes like a defensive posture. It's outnumbered, yeah. but it has that kind of cornered animal vibe where there's it's like, oh, you want to you want to fucking go? I'll take you with me. Does it speak primordial? The only one way to find out. Okay, I want to say hey. You're cool, or cool. You let him go, we'll let you go. I'm gonna just leave it here. Um, okay, so to decide how I respond to that, how about I get a persuasion? On a nine. Oh, you got a bardic inspiration D8 you can have on that. I was gonna say, the, the D8 will guarantee a success. Okay, so uh, Corton, give me the flavor of this bardic inspiration. How do you help Lola convince this Mercury Elemental that it doesn't want none? Um, he's gonna pull his uh, loot out. Yeah, just playing a little, uh, like a little chill vibe. You, you just, uh, I'll, I'll let it know we're cool, and you just let it know we're cool. I think Lola's just like wiggling, dancing like a snake. I think the Mercury Elemental says to you in back in Primordial uh, with, with an Aquan accent uh, because there's four different kind of uh, dialects of Primordial. Uh, so it's, it's, it has a, a, an Aquan kind of twinge twang to its, its thing. It says, it's cool, man. It's cool. Cool. So you're playing the, the lute and you're wiggling and it's kind of bobbing along. It's kind of doing like it's back to the wall, just like bobbing and weaving. It's like getting ready like to fight. Like you use a bird to start dancing. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like the birds of paradise mating thing with its, it's like wings stretched. No, no, no. It's like, a, like cockatiels. When you play the music, they just like bounce up and down. Birds dancing to, uh, fuck, what was that? Carly Rae Jepsen? <laughs> don't act like you don't know her name. She's a sword. Put... Put some respect on it. She does have a sword. Okay, so Corton and Lola work together to pacify the Mercury Elemental. Uh, you're not best friends, but you basically convince it it's not worth fighting four against one. Hooray. All right. Uh, you back out of the room, and I think once you get clear of the door, it slithers out and goes down the stairs. Babbage. As it slithers away, you just hear it going, like, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> As it gets farther away. It's cool, it's cool. Uh, Corton, constitution saving throw uh, against mercury poisoning. Cool, cool, cool. As a mole, I believe you do get advantage. I can, yeah, I can't get advantage uh, on this. But I don't need it, I got 19. 
<laughs> yeah, I think this this might have poisoned somebody, but Corton shrugs this off like nothing. You could have eaten a bite of it and you would have been fine. His body's fought off worse things. <laughs> <laughs> Barely felt it. It's like that that Simpsons joke about all the viruses can't get through the door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stooges syndrome. Yeah. All right, so uh, you have a clear shot to those stairs to the third floor. Do you take it and get out of this elemental hellhole? Yeah, sure. All right, where you get up to the third floor to see the animals, which means we cut back to clear. Well, but we do have a flesh shaft. So you fall down a flesh shaft and you land in... Just like my dream last night. <laughs> uh, so you're falling, you're falling, you're falling, and then splash into cold water, sending a shock through you. Um, and you hear above you Amy also falling. Uh, do you do anything before she lands on you? Um, yeah, I want to blink again. No, uh, I'll swim out of the way because I don't have any spells that could catch her. So, you know, tough luck, sister. Dexterity saving throw. This to me feels like a charisma saving throw. <laughs> I'm going to be like, watch out for me. I shout that out up into the sky. Weird. Bramwell and Clear both have mercury poisoning. Oh, no, I got a 12. Yeah, that's fine. You can just uh, dive underwater, and she'll hit where you landed, and you'll you, neither of you collide and take damage. All right, uh, I want to try to help her get out of the water. It's gonna be easier for me as a nice genasi to not be bothered by the cold. I imagine as an ash genasi, that's gotta suck. And she's and she and, she, and she's my guide. That's exactly what happens. Is you're like, ooh, this is actually like refreshing, embracing, and she's like, I feel sick. Please help me. <laughs> This fucking sucks. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll like drag her by like her collar out of the water. Um. Yeah. So, uh, roll athletics to try to swim and pull because you're still you're still underground. It's still dark. You don't know where you're going, uh, and you just keep going deeper and deeper. Uh, eight. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, so as it's as not, you, huh? It's not. It's not great. No. Ha. Huh. What now? What's the spectrum? Like, what? What's the high end? The high end of rolling? Yeah. What, what, what could I? What could I have gotten? You tell me. I mean, you have a plus two bonus, which means twenty two is as high as you could have rolled. Is this rhetorical? Am I being owned? Hold on. I'm gonna have to take my shoes off. I gotta count what the difference between these are. Okay, you're dragging. Oh yeah, that's a lot. You're dragging Amy through this dark water. Uh, she She's not acclimated to it. It's like making her physically sick. And you're not making great progress as you swim through here. Um, she says, Clear, if, if, I, if I don't make it, can you, can, can you be the Liberator Queen? I mean, I'll kill the God King. But what about all the people who need you? Who need me? The moles? The Merciel? The Tarek, the insect folk. Oh my gosh, you're not going to die in here. I need you to show me where the thing is, so come on. I'm going to cast Chromatic Orb with the Ash version. Mm -hmm. Try to warm her up. Oh, damn, that's a good idea. I didn't even think of that. Uh, yeah, so you, she's like being very dramatic in your arms and you turn and you fire a ball of like a hot ash into her and she, it's basically like that scene in Pulp Fiction where you get the, uh, get the adrenaline in the heart. Yeah. Um, and she like sits up in the, the water and she's like, <gasps> oh boy. Okay. We can't waste this. We got to go down. Down where? That was the bottom of the hole. All the way to the bottom. Keep going. She just she dives underwater. So they're swimming straight down. 
I hate this. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'll die underwater. This is where the fucking Sonic the Hedgehog drowning theme song plays in. <laughs> and and I, all of my childhood anxiety comes back at once. So do you follow her? Yeah. Uh, so you dive underwater and start swimming after your sister, who's energized by that ash magic. Uh, and you see under the water, because you have dark vision, the shapes of buildings submerged under here. Hmm. Um, whatever, whatever part of this underwater, um, hmm, how do you want to say this? Whatever, wherever you are underwater, there's like an entire city here. You see tall, like multi-story buildings. You see what are clearly like churches. Um, you see like a town square all underwater. Uh, all right. I'm going to, I'm going to follow after Amy. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't seem to know where she's going. She's just swimming straight down. God damn it. God damn it. (laughs) Yeah. Um. (laughs) Here's what I'll say. Uh, if you if you just follow her blindly, she eventually swims over to a church underwater and, like, swims through a broken uh, stained glass window and inside the building. Um, if you continue following her, she, like, goes down uh, or she, like, swims up and tries to find, like, an air bubble in, like, the, the rafters because of the way this building would have filled up. Let, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll something for Amy here to see if she can pull this off without your help. Because usually I don't want the NPCs to solve your problems, but you doing the chromatic orb is essentially paying off here because she's energized and full of vim and vigor. Okay. So I'm going to try to get a 12 here. I'm just telling you the DC. 23. Oh, yeah. Now, is that a good roll? <laughs> That's a very good roll. Oh, that excellent. Yeah. So you follow Amy into this underwater church. She swims up to the roof and finds like a part where when this place flooded, um, the, the basically the attic of this church was watertight. And she busts open to that and takes a couple of gulps of stale air. And you catch up to her. And you guys have a moment to breathe. <laughs> and she's like, I hate water so much. Yeah, it's not great. Which Where are we going? Do you know? We have to find some kind of, I don't know, trap door or tunnel out. It's We just have to keep going down. That doesn't seem super helpful. Your mom doesn't know specifically where that is? She just knows it's at the very bottom. Well, that's not the most helpful. That's why I was raising an army of moles to take the throne, because this whole thing seems, frankly... Dangerous compared to a war. Yeah, 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 let's talk in more fucking door finding. I'm going to dive back down. Uh, actually, roll religion because you're in a church to know if you know of any way that this might, there might be like a secret passage out of here. An escape route, maybe, for clergy folk under attack. I love that. 18. The, the war is less dangerous. That's... that's... <laughs> Fuck that. Fuck her. <laughs> Thank you, Conrad. You're I'm, welcome. I'm glad you caught that. <laughs> She's like, listen, it's very safe for me to command an army of cannon fodder against my father. It's dangerous for me for personally to have to go do something. <laughs> uh, with an 18, I want to say that you uh, see a symbol in this church, which is a great black spider. Um, and, and you don't have enough knowledge of ancient drow religion to understand what that really means. But you get the sense that spiders, um, there's trapdoor spiders, A, that's the first thing, uh, and B, that the, they have a web formation where it's like there's the center and it splits off 
into through all these threads and you see the, the there's that design on the floor which gives you a sense of like if you follow the threads they all lead somewhere and like one goes to a front door a side door a back door the confessional and then one just ends we- uh, nowhere Ooh. and you think like ah there's the trap door and so you go you swim over to there and there's like a loose tile in the floor and you think there, there's a trap door here where if like the clergy were under attack from an enemy religion, they could sneak out here, but the door is stuck. What do you do? Can I, the door is stuck. What's the door made out of? Uh, it's like a tile. So it's like, I mean, this, this is like a D and D thing. So it's like made out of like probably some kind of old stone. Can I grab another stone and use catapult and launch that at the stone to try to break it? Oh yeah. I love that. All right, I'm going to do that. All right, so I, uh, you have to make an attack roll? No, the thing makes a dexterity saving throw. It assumes that my aim is perfect. Well, yeah, it's an old rock. I don't even know. It has negative five dexterity with disadvantage. There we go. I think I do it. No need to roll to make sure. Woo! You got a one. That means uh, something good happens, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you pick up a, a piece of uh, stone here underwater, aim it at the, the tile, and you it glows with magic, and you fire it like a fucking bazooka through the floor. And as it shatters this old stone, um, and you immediately creates a whirlpool because this was like a sealed underwater like underground passage that wasn't full of water and so immediately you get sucked into this passage you and amy and you're pulled down through the passage as water begins draining through the floor okay i'll uh i'll like uh do that thing where like you you straighten up and you like kind of like lay like you're gonna be in a coffin you know (laughs) yeah you do a water slide yep that's fun all right, that's great. So Clear and Amy, you make it through this layer as you're sucked through an underground tunnel in a whirlpool. Wolf sucked through the flesh shaft? Nope, you're past the flesh shaft. You can't oh, just call okay. everything a flesh shaft. It's not a flesh shaft? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. What about a wet shaft? Mm, sucked through the wet shaft. It's, oh boy, I really fucked myself on this one, huh? <laughs> I mean, I mean, is it a hard shaft or? Uh... <laughs> oh God, Vindros has mercury poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> Worth it. Uh, the wolf pack. You reach the third floor of the hotel, which you are to believe is populated by animals. Once again, the doors are marked green, yellow, and red. I want to open the very first green one. Okay, so um. I can create, I have some animals here prepared, but they're more of the boss fight variety. Lauren, do you want to improv with me a fun, cute friend? I absolutely do. This is so fun. I love this. Let's make an animal together, friends. Mm, What if it's like a hedgehog, half hedgehog, half rat? A hedgehog rat? Yeah, a hedgehog rat. A hedgehog rat. A rat hog. A rat hog. A rat hog. No, wait. <laughs> a hedge rat or a rat hog? I think I like rat hog better, but they're both good. Now, this is great because Sven being a kind of uh, having difficulty socializing uh, is, uh, you know, famously the hedgehog's dilemma is the name of that idea. Yeah, they're very um, picky about their socialization and they're very smart. Uh, so do you want to roll animal handling with advantage as you open this hotel room and you see uh, this the hedge rat, <laughs> this rat hog. Uh, hedge rat, rat hog. 
Yeah, the rat hog. Does it? I mean, does it run in, run away? Does it hide under the bed? I just think it just a uh, like hedgehog noise they make when they're like scared or angry. Yeah, which we call snorfing. Yeah, it's like a snorfy. It's like a. <laughs> it's kind of like that, but from a hedgehog's now. Yeah, ten's not great. Um, I don't think it comes out. I think I have it... one remaining Novocaine healing potion. Maybe we can just get a little bit numb. <laughs> oh no. Oh my God. <laughs> How bad do you want this? Because I I have create food and water. Oh. I can make some food, but like i got to burn a good spell slot for that. Do it for Sven. I, I'm going to make you some food. There you go. Yay, thank you, Laura. I magicked, I magicked up some, some animal food. Yeah, what, what kind of food is it? Describe to me Lauren and Laura, the scene of Vindros making food and Lola coaxing out the, the where? I almost said where, hog. That's Sonic the Hedgehog, <laughs> fuck. Um, so, like, hedgehogs, they really like milk and bread for treats, but you're not supposed to give it to them. Um, and then for rats growing up, and, like, my mom's rats now, like, we usually give them these, like, little baby puffs to snack on. It's like a tiny cookie for a rat. Mm. So, like, maybe it's something like that. With some, like, goo in the middle, maybe? Like a, like a, like a... Ooh. Small and like a gusher for a small animal. Yeah, maybe maybe have have the the filling inside the puff, so they're just like a little multi textured treat. It's like little cookie gushers. <laughs> All right, so Vendrosi creates some fun little puffs, and together you two coax out the rat hog from under the bed, <laughs> the hotel room bed. What's again? This place isn't that trashed. Like the Mercury Elemental seem to mostly just like chill out on the floor. The rat hog isn't big enough to cause chaos. Um, it seems like the methods just come by and just like throw a bunch of food in here and maybe clean up. And so it's like, it's relatively chill. Um, it comes out from under the bed. You get it. Do you, how do you, uh, carry this around? How do you package him, so to speak? Or, and what did you name this animal? Or are you going to let Sven do that? No, I would let Sven name it because he's going to be Sven's buddy. Um, I put him in the, in the little baby pouch, um, on Stuart's belly Oh yeah, it's it's just taken for granted that any Lauren Morgan character has a baby pouch. I didn't even question it. No, I I came in in the first episode and it's real. I know. I'm just saying I forgot that and I just didn't even question that that was an element of your character. <laughs> nice. Yeah. All right. So this that the third floor you f- you find a rat hog. Um, anything else you want to do here? You just want to go to the fourth floor. I still kind of want to. Release a bunch of animals. I'm still, I'm just, just still conflicted about it. Hmm. Watch what Dwayne do. <laughs> God damn it! I quit. <laughs> Does anybody like have like mage hand or? Can we fashion some kind of like exit this way sign and just carefully open all the doors and stand back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe we can open them without getting attacked. I mean, Corton has mage hand. Yeah, we could. Oh, see, I was thinking, but it's probably stupid. I was like, if we we go into the stairwell, go to go up to the next floor, and then you just mage hand open every door so that they can escape without murdering us. <laughs> but we also don't know then what we're walking into when we come back down. Hmm. Okay. Have that's you ever true. seen Cabin in the Woods? <laughs> yeah. Oh no. <laughs> No. I hate to spoil that that's exactly what I would have had to happen. It would have been very cool, and I'm sad that I dissuaded you, but the image popped in so viscerally. It would have been fun. 
Why don't Why don't we do it at the end when we're we're headed out? Yeah, exactly. It's just probably safer to just do it then if I'm gonna do it. Sounds good. You uh, leave the third floor and go to the fourth floor. Um, Is it like every floor gets harder? Probably. Am I that predictable? Come on. I, I just it's a thing. It's a thing, and it makes sense. And you go higher up, it gets worse. Uh, so you get to the fourth floor, and the first thing you notice is there's a shattered door in the middle of the hallway. I don't like that. I don't like the shattered door. Um. Yeah. So you're at you're in this hallway. There's a one of the doors has been blown off the hinges. What do you do? Can I roll to know what kind of elemental it is? Oh wait, don't you have advantage about uh, doing checks on elementals? I do, cause they're a favorite enemy. <laughs> I rolled a 16. Yeah, 16. I'd say some, the force that this thing's knocked down this this hotel door, and hotel doors are, you know, it's pretty secure as far as doors go. It seems to be a heavy metal one. You fought an iron elemental earlier, and it was, it was like, very difficult to damage. You ended up having to drown it to get rid of it. This seems like maybe something of that caliber. Yeah, I, that's what I would say. Is this one seems like it's a heavy metal one. It might be immune to most kinds of direct assaults. So, you are now in danger. I mean, do we have to go to the sixth floor? Well, that's where we'll find the shape of the world. I I am debating, can we just take this uh, cute animal back and go, Hey, so, we, we got the cute animal, but we didn't make it to your project. Can you tell us what shape the world is? Uh, Sven says he doesn't remember. He did it for a uh, school project like several years ago. It's like asking a 13 year old, uh, like, you know, what's the capital of Utah? And it's like, I did this once in geography. I, I did an entire National History Day project on the Attica riots, and I can remember almost nothing. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what's going on. I like, think I attended a public school. <laughs> did y'all remember the, the parachute? Oh, wait, hang on. The parachute, it's like a big tarp. It's a circular tarp type thing. It's a big, yeah, it's a big parachute and everybody goes underneath it. Exactly. Uh, so, fourth floor. You have heavy metal elemental is somewhere nearby. You're all very in danger. What do you do? Uh, I imagine some really good thrashing power cords because it's the heavy metal <laughs> elemental. <laughs> um, so pass without trace. It's concentration <laughs> up to an hour, and it's a what it is. It's a veil of shadows and silence radiates from you, masking you and your companions from detection for the duration. Each creature you choose within thirty feet of you, including you, has a plus ten bonus to dexterity. Um, so everybody in the party has a plus 10 bonus to dexterity now. 12. I rolled a 20. Hey, I'm going to say that again because my fucking phone just made a noise even though it was set to tune not disturb. 12. 24. Uh, 24. Okay, this is extremely impressive also because, uh, Preposterous is here, so we can imagine the stealthiest moose of all time. <laughs> Damn, this is a good spell. He's on his tippy toes. Well, I love this. So, Vindros, you're in this really heavy armor. You're like a, this chitinous bug cleric. Fucking preposterous is a 10-ton moose. <laughs> and you're all just 24s on stealth as you creep down this hallway. Well, like, uh, canonically, I've got, I've got cool chameleon shit. I can, I can make my skin go... Uh, that's under all the armor, obviously. I can, I can stealth that way. <laughs> I like to think that preposterous is riding on the ceiling. 
and no one ever thinks to look up. <laughs> How do you get up there? With the 24, it's hard for me to dispute this. <laughs> <laughs> it's canon. Uh, but what I like here is as you all go down this hallway, I think, Lola, look, your spellcasting focus is this bag of rocks you carry. So you're like lightly shaking a bag of rocks, which should make a maraca noise. But instead, it's sending out like anti-sound magic, which is like it sucks in all sound. That <laughs> sucks. Uh, but so as you're, you're creeping towards the stairwell, you pass a door, which uh, has been opened. Um, you couldn't like if you're looking down the hallway, you can't see necessarily into every room, right? But so you get close enough to look inside, and you see there is a titanium elemental, this hulking monstrosity, like uh, you know, eight feet tall, like basically like a what if a monster truck was a person, um, and it has killed the other elemental in this room, and is just kind of standing over it, like placidly, uh, just crushed it with his hands. Um, and that Jesus yeah you walk right by this thing so if you had just walked down this hallway it would have seen you busted it out through this door and started killing the party but you just walk by this door and the titanium elemental is none the wiser yeah this place is getting bad huh so you make it uh, to the stairwell and you're up is that the fifth floor the second was mercury the third was hedge rat and the the fourth was titanium, so we're up to the fifth floor. Nobody open a single door for any reason ever. <laughs> well, we have to figure out which one has the model in it. What do we what do we roll to just resist the urge to open doors? <laughs> Can we roll survival to survive this floor? It's funny you say that, because as you get onto the landing for the fifth floor, which is once again animal experiments, uh, you see the floor, the walls, and the ceiling are covered in blood. Oh no. Just walk through confidently like nothing <laughs> is wrong. Well, we still have passed that trace. Have the energy of someone wearing a yellow fluorescent jacket walking confidently. You just don't look to either side and walk with purpose. Oh no. <laughs> Let's cut to Clear and Amy, who are sucked through God a God damn it. Who are sucked through a secret passageway in the floor, down a tunnel in a whirlpool of water, and once again are falling as they get uh ba- basically pulled to a different level underneath this church, and you find yourself uh falling through uh the air in what is a strangely bright area. Uh, so far, it's been dark in the tunnels, dark in the drowned city. It's dark everywhere, but you come out of the the secret passageway into what is essentially daylight. Uh, but before you have a time to like think about what's going on, you're falling. What do you do about that? You look this. You're you're far enough that you're like free falling at terminal velocity. I can't get Tom Petty out of my head right now. Fuck. Uh, but you see below you just a, f- a what seems to be like a field of flowers is what you're falling towards. But you think you're going to shatter your arms and legs if you hit it. Well, I don't have any spells that can help me at this point. I don't know why I cast Blink three times. That just seems like a mistake. <laughs> so uh, I will cast Gust, which is a cantrip to try to slow my fall. Absolutely. Yeah. Is there any rolls associated with that? That seems like the obvious solution when you're falling is to sh- fire a gust of wind downwards. I don't believe so. Basically, it's like a strength saving throw to keep from being pushed. Do do a charisma save because that's your spellcasting modifier. Just against ten. Let's see if you can beat ten. Oh God! Now that you said it, yeah. 
Does 21 beat 10? It sure does, yeah. So you basically <gasps> do a controlled descent. It's like just like... Um, I was like, can I do a controlled descent? And then in the background, you just see Amy fleece plant into the fucking ground. <laughs> oh, no. Um, <laughs> do, you, do you don't help her anyway? I'm just going to roll dexterity I, to see if I she... can't. She just splits her shit. Nope, 17 on the deck save. Yep. So with the 17, Amy does a similar thing as she falls next to you. She sees you gust against the ground, so you slow down. She does like a basically an ash version of gust. Just like it's like a you know, a wildfire of, of air comes out, just the toxic version of what you did. Yeah. And she lands next to you in this field of uh of flowers, just beautiful, full bloom lilies. Mm. Uh, I want to look around. Does it seem like there's a way to go down from here? That's a perception, my friend. I got a 14. It's pretty good. Uh, you look around, and it looks like there is, uh, this, this field of flowers goes in most directions. You're picturing kind of like a, an English countryside, a, uh, wicker man kind of little British village vibe. Uh, but in one direction, you see some small buildings, Looks like there's a little settlement, a little village here. That's the only thing that catches your eye with a 14. You don't see a way down. It just seems like nothing but flowers. Are we supposed to dig here or what's up? <laughs> Amy says, I told you once, Claire, and I told you, I'll tell you again. I don't know. We, got, we have to go down. The God King told me or told my mom <laughs> that it's something at the bottom is what made him obsessed with potential. That's what I know. All right, well, I'm going to start digging. Do you want to go to that settlement thing over there and see if there's something there? And, like, if you get attacked, just scream really loud. That's very funny. No, I, I think Amy is, is focused on her mission. She says, no, it might be monsters, and if it's people, I don't know if they'll be friendly. We should just keep digging. All right. All right, so you destroy this bed of uh, lilies you've landed in and just start ripping through into the, the earth. Um, do you have any other questions about her mom, about the God King, about what you're doing? <laughs> There's lots going on. So where did the God King consorts find out about this? He told my mom and he told, uh, told Marcel's mom and he told Denise, his favorite. Uh, but then my mom started getting rebellious and, so when he got together with your mom, he, he didn't tell her because he didn't think he could trust the wives anymore. So I guess that's my fault or my mom's fault. All right. Well, so did the Duke have to go down here, too? Because I can't imagine him surviving any of this. <laughs> <laughs> just just throwing a jab in there. Yeah. Uh, no, um, Amy says this has nothing to do with the Duke. This is. This is something the God King found that scared him. This has nothing to do with conduits necessarily. Why would why would the God King even have been down here? Well, the the God King's not from here. He came here um, and found the the salt flats and just decided to set up a kingdom here. And I, he wasn't a conduit at the time. He kind of took over. And when he became a conduit, it just so happened that because he was a salt genasi. He was able to leverage the landscape for his own benefit. Wait, how long ago was that? I don't know for sure. He's very old. Conduits don't die of old age. They can be killed, apparently, but they, they don't die of old age. Wait, so the God King could be, like, centuries old? 
Yeah, I he probably is centuries old. He came here before all this was like this. He changed a lot of things in Wormwood. He's a... <laughs> this is not his land. He's a conqueror, a colonizer. But if he's, if he's that old, why hasn't he been able to make a kid with a conduit yet? I mean, he's certainly trying. It's just very difficult now. <laughs> but there's, there's only four of us. Are, are you asking why he doesn't have hundreds of kids? Well, yeah, if, he, if he's that old... What, did he only decide to start having kids recently? Here's the thing about royal bastards, is that they're a threat to the throne. I know this because I am one. <laughs> having a child as a regent is just one more person you have to watch your back from. I mean, I guess. It just seems like he would have tried to do it before this point. Or maybe there are some we don't know about. Or... Maybe some reason that he needs to make one now. I hadn't really thought of it before. Maybe he's running out of time. And that's why he started having kids? He put it off because he didn't want to have threats to his throne? That makes sense to me. But the question is, what is he scared of and why is he running out of time? Well, I'm going to find it and I'm going to use it to kill him. That's the plan. And she fires a fireball straight into the, the last level of dirt and blasts a hole down deeper into the ground. And she says, after you, sister. I jump in the, the, the hole. I go hole, hole plunging. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You jump into the hole in the field of lilies and plummet down into the darkness yet again. Wolfpack, roll stealth. To sneak through this hallway, covered floor to ceiling in blood. Plus ten still? Plus ten, yeah. Apparently Path Without a Trace, Path Without a Trace lasts for an hour, which yeah. seems 35. ridiculous. I had, I had this in a previous season, and I used it once, and you were like, how is it still making you stealthy? It is It is a slightly OP spell. It's I, great, I love it. I got a 30 and I crit. Oh, uh, I, I, I got an 11 on a botch. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> does, does the plus 10 save my botch at all? <laughs> okay, so we got a crit and a botch. I have to think about this. Okay, so you, you all begin moving through this bloody hallway, stepping over like the pools of gore, trying not to get, you know, fucking guts in your shoes. Uh, all, the, all the walls are scratched to hell. There's like a, clearly a huge fight between whatever was kept in these rooms. Um, and you make it through uh, because the party succeeded so drastically, 35, 30, 27, and 11. But with the 11 botch, um, I want to make Vindros sad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's it's time. Can you read me uh, your inventory? I think maybe what happens is like something of yours gets caught here, and maybe you have to leave it behind if not to blow the, the party's cover. I've got the axe baloney, I've got my shield, I've got my plate armor. I, I don't know how all of my armor would fall off. Um, no. And I have a Novocaine healing potion, and that's it. 
Yeah. So what happens? I think is the like the axe baloney uh, gets caught, like uh, the crook of it, like gets caught in like some. Uh, literally, I think there's like uh, some uh, ribs like stuck in the wall. Like the creature was slammed into the wall with such force, it the ribs like stuck in the wall like knives, and that gets caught in like the crook of your axe as you're carrying it. And in a, in a, to avoid dropping it with a huge clang, you just let it like hang from these ribs. Um, and so you're left with the choice. Do you leave this weapon behind and hope for a new one? Or do you go back and I, we're going to roll initiative to fight what killed all these animals? Uh, how much How much would the party r- resent me trying to get this axe purely because it's a cool weapon? I've had it so long. I don't want to not have it. It has its own unique name. I got my weapon stolen. Yeah, but like my my weapon has a unique name. Mine it's... did too. Why? It was the heckbo. It's the axe baloney. You mess with the gecko, you get the heckbo. <sighs> if you really want to. No, it's okay. I'll be sensible. I'll be behaved. Uh huh. Yeah, that's not the kind of thing I want to fuck with. I have no axe baloney. All right, this is very sad, but it really all it is you go from a plus one mace to a mace. It's really not that mechanically a bad of a thing. It's just yeah, but the flavor, yeah, the flavor. It's been with us since episode one or two. Yeah, it's it's sad. So this is this is our tragic it's moment. It's gonna be weird when I have to say I swing my mace. No, I swing the swing the axe baloney. That's what I swing. I mean, oh. technically, you can name any mace the axe baloney. <laughs> Yeah, but it won't be the axe baloney, will Paint it? Paint it on the handle. This is like when the romance dong got cut in half, except an axe got left in a hallway. <laughs> I bet One Piece could make me cry about an axe. I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh my god. There's a part of me that's real tempted to, when it's time for us to leave, literally just sprint grab the axe. From <laughs> yeah, that's still on the table. I will say, as you reach the, the stairs, uh, you hear some low... Um, like eating noises, just like something tearing flesh yum, yum, in yum, one of these yum, rooms. Yum, 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 I, I have yum. certainly not committed to leaving this behind forever, but for now it is gone. Yeah. So you get to the sixth floor, which Sven told you he used to live here, and then his mom was like, get out of here, kid. I need to store my experiments. <laughs> Great um, parenting. Yeah. Uh, so you're still passed without a trace for an hour. Uh, so you have the run of this hallway. There are elementals here behind these doors, red, yellow, green. But uh, there's no reason to fight all of them if you don't want to. But you don't know which one was um, Sven's room. What do you do? Can we listen for noise? Oh, yeah. That's a that's a classic perception check. I got 12. I got a 17. 11. 9. All right, so uh, I'm looking for two 15s. I have a 17 and a 12. Does anybody, can anybody get that 12 over the line? Yeah, sure. What do I add to that? A, a D8. D8. Yeah, there we go. That's up to a 17. Yay. Okay, so for the audience, there was some rolling and some mumbling there. What's To be to be clear for what's happening, uh, Corton gave Vindros Bardic Inspiration, so you rolled a 17, um, and... Bramble have a, has a 17. So how does this look? You're still past without a trace, so I'm, you're not going to draw attention from the thing on the on the fifth floor. I'm not going to give you that. I'm not going to do that to you. But, Corton, what do you do to help Vindros uh, 
suss out the, the rooms here. He grabs her ass. It's not hard. That's cute. Oh, fuck. Okay, so how does how does grabbing Vindross's axe... Fucking hell, axe. The, the oh. slips. Okay. She reminded her. God. I know. it's the, the wound is fresh. No, but yeah, walk me through this. So you succeed. I want to give this to you. Uh, t- tell me how grabbing Vindross's ass gets you in the room with Sven's science fair project. Because this is it. You've won. But I need to know how we get there. Oh, well, it, I would assume it would get her t- antennae going. Oh yeah, it it you've you've just got to alert and aware and like oh oh hello what are we doing yes uh, uh yes I I'm awake I'm ready to do this. <laughs> I mean that's fa- that's fair, but I'm sa- so walk me through. Is are you like listening at each door? Are you like opening them a crack to see what's inside? <laughs> are you using your psychic power somehow? How do you figure out which room? Like walk like narrate to me the end of this. This is the end of the episode. What about antennas under the doorway? <laughs> Try and get a sense of what's going on in there. <laughs> you know what? I can't dispute that. We have two seventeens, <laughs> so you go from door to door, antenna, t- and using your antenna, antenna to listen to them. And is it something like with Corton holding your ass, so you feel the oh, confidence? Yeah, yeah. yeah, the whole way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just a grope fest exactly. the whole way. The, the whole world, the whole world melts away, except for whatever's on the other side of that door and that hand on my ass. I think I got kicked out of a Target once for doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I think, yeah, so I, the way I guess this scene ends is you're using your antennas under a door and there is a, you hear an elemental like bump into something and like knock it over. And you're like, well, all these rooms we've seen so far have literally been empty. Like there's not like toys for these elementals. Right. So there must be something in here. And, um, uh, you also have passed without a trace and, uh, Bram will crit on the last one. So here's what I'm going to say. I'll wrap this all up in a bow is it's a green door, so you know it's safe. Um, you can, uh, once you know that the model's in there, you like open the door and like step step back enough and you see a rolling ball of like gold, <laughs> basically a giant gold nugget come like rolling out of the, the room and just like bink, bonk, bink down the stairs as it rolls out. Um, and this was safe. You crit on that Bramwell on your stealth. So it doesn't see you. It just is like freedom. Like it maybe even says that in primordial, like freedom and, and rolls out of here. That nugget. <laughs> well, Lauren, I said good for that nugget. Yeah. The gold elementals out of here. Um, and you all look into this hotel room and you see knocked over on the floor is Sven's model of the universe. What shape is it? No, it's the shape of the world. Hey, yeah. Hey, hey, the world. Uh, so base. So this thing's been knocked over. So you like sit it upright, and you see that it actually has a couple different pieces, and it seems like you have to like put it back together. Oh, so why don't you actually roll? Um, and I think I'm gonna say intelligence, unless someone has a better suggestion. Maybe, maybe religion, because what is religion but understanding the world? I'm bad at that. I have a negative one, so. Yeah, why don't you say something like athletics? Or, uh, like, wisdom-based? Yeah. Uh, nine. God damn it. Fifteen. Four- Fifteen. Fourteen. Yeah. Crit! Oh my god, Lola. Pulling yeah. it out in the clutch. Hell yeah. I love puzzles. Yeah, 15 and 20, especially a crit, is perfect. So uh, everyone sits around this model, like tips it upright, starts trying to figure out where the pieces go. And Lola, you just bamf in there. Um, you understand with your crit 
that this is not a, a, a static model. It's, it's in fact, a, a dynamic model showing a process. Oh. You figure out the basic, the basic shape of this model, which is a tree. Um, like the things that were knocked off. Were oh, bra- is it the eye? Okay, wait. You figure out it was a, this was a tree. Like you pick up all the branches, you put them back on. There's a big tree. Uh, in each of the branches, there's like a little globe, like individual worlds. Um, with a, with a crit, I would say you understand the, uh, the like that there's an ancient belief that like when people die, they go to other worlds, right? Mm-hmm. So that that's that's like a pretty basic understanding of that. But you understand that this is a, a model of how things used to be. Um, and oh. you break down this model. Like the all the you take apart like all you take the branches off and the little globes out of the branches. As you break this thing open, uh, the base of the trunk of the tree is hollow, and you take each of the globes and you stack them in the trunk. Mm. Is the shape of the world a tube? The shape of the world is a tube. <laughs> But more specifically, it is the dead, rotted trunk of the world tree. Oh, wow. So that's, that's what I did. Boy, somebody fucked up, huh? Yeah, someone made some choices. Yeah, but you call that shape a tube. <laughs> Once upon a time, the world was a giant tree with many worlds in its branches. Now it is a dead trunk filled with layer upon layer of the old world like rings in a tree i mean that sounds like a pretty cool world design i think someone did something very good by making this happen this is that's why there's a bunch of stuff under the salt i guess (laughs) as you say that clear breaks through one layer and falls ass over tea kettle into the next digging down ring by ring to the bottom Ooh, what's at the bottom? What's at the bottom? I mean, it's, it's turtles, right? <laughs> <laughs>